1: Is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What is going on, Packers fans? Welcome into another Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We are actually still, as Rob Rieger mentioned, we are still in draft mode. However, it is dwindling down. It is almost middle of May. We have the schedule actually being coming out this next week, which is fantastic. I'm super jacked. Uh, self-clout bought my Byron Munich Manchester City soccer tickets at Lambeau field today. Um, Mm -hmm. Paid more than I expected, but once in a lifetime opportunity. I got a good buddy of mine going to that, so I'm pretty excited for that. But we are transitioning, um, out of draft mode, and no one gives a shit about my purchasing of tickets. Sure. But it, you know, as we transition here, it's 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 fun to recap and kind of go through some things. And that's what we've been doing here on the Pack of Day podcast for everyone breaking down all the players in a really, really condensed version. Andy put out, and I'm sure you guys, um, Eli and Rob had listened to it, uh, the audio version or excuse me, the video version on YouTube. Uh, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, just like recapping all the picks and it. Like, it got me super pumped about just the way he looked at it. It's like, well, you can kind of look at some things from, like, how the Packers normally do it, but then they went with the two defensive players right away. And just, like, going through all that list, it was kind of a good recap. But fortunately for you guys, this week, all the audio podcasts have been about all the individual individual players. So, from the from you know quay walker to all the way to the last pick i don't even remember who the hell it was for us but ultimately we've been able to break down all these picks and we hope you guys have been taking some value with it now before i introduce my two colleagues here you know the two guys we're going to break down today are a little bit I, I would say for me there's one that's a little bit more polarizing i think you guys might have the same take but uh, it'll be zach tom and of course uh Kinsey and negabare uh obviously kinsley kiki formerly uh you know rare that you'd have two guys the first name of Kinsey but in 2022 things transition but he's obviously no longer on the team but the two young men will be coming in um but before we get started obviously got to intro the squad Rob Rieger you've been a staple here an absolute first of all a hell of a father always balancing the (laughs) father responsibilities between volleyball and etc but an incredible draft analyst uh Rob what do you what do you got to say to the people and um what are you excited most about these two guys that we're looking at uh today
2: uh, I think versatility is going to be the thing that we're talking about a lot. You know, it's going to be kind of the buzzword that we, that we talk about and with these two particular guys. Uh, I, I just could see, you know, especially with Tom, uh, I, I think that he's a guy that, that can move all around the lounge and, you know, we'll get into him pretty, you know, a lot deeper than that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the whole draft and uh, you can speak for yourself on the uh, getting out of draft mode because I think I'm always in draft mode and I've already started looking at guys for next year and uh, started, started just kind of putting together my list of guys that, that I like. Uh, uh, I'm just going to shout out to KJ Jefferson, quarterback for Arkansas. He's going to be my guy that nobody else is talking about right now, but I think by the next year, That's going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about as a first-round pick, so he's kind of my guy for right now, but um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about these guys. They have a lot of versatility, they have a lot of talent, and uh, we're going to definitely uh, dive deep.
1: I will take your advice and definitely uh, speak for myself, especially someone with the Twitter bio of at NFL Draft Regs. Um, he stays in draft mode, people. Uh, someone that is always in draft mode and always pushing out some great content, especially some video clips, uh, Eli Berkovitz. Eli, happy to have you back with the threesome. You've been busy, man. Um, how are things been for you? And uh, what are your kind of overarching, maybe 30,000 foot view on the two gentlemen I already brought up?
3: Yeah, uh, things have been good. Yeah, just been a, a little bit of a crazy couple of weeks, but obviously very happy to be back with the both of you to recap. You know, the Packers draft, and obviously more specifically the two guys as you mentioned, Zach Tom and Kingsley and Igbari, who for me, like, I, I could potentially say that they they might be at the value where we got them. My favorite picks of the draft, considering where I thought they might go. And where the Packers got them, it's extremely exciting for me. I was big fans of both of them, and in just about every mock draft either I did or I saw, they went significantly higher than where the Packers got them. So that's great. And what Rob said, uh, yeah, I mean, the word versatility, I think, is going to probably be used a lot throughout this episode because I think both of them have versatility in bunches and specific, and for sure, Zach Tom. Kind of uh, Elton Jenkins kind of vibe, throw them all over the offensive line and be pretty confident in it. So I just, I really like these picks and I'm just really happy that uh, we get to break these two guys down because they really are two of my favorite picks in this draft.
1: Hell yeah. And what, and like I was say for the past five years, we've seen where it's like we have Brian Gutekunst taking over as the general manager, Ted Thompson, rest in peace, but they're like, they have some, you know, it's different philosophies, but ultimately the word you brought up, Eli, is value. Like consistently, the Packers will grab value. Now there are those times, Rayshon Gary, perhaps not a huge value pick, but it's panned out. But like ultimately, later rounds, and these are the guys we're talking about tonight, um, always going to get value. Like that is a hundred percent going to happen. And the one I want to start with first is Zach Tom. Here's a kid out of Wake Forest, plays interior, plays offensive tackle, senior. Big body. Like, what, Rob, do you like? And we talked, uh, we talked about linemen a couple of weeks ago, and it seems like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago. What do you like, Rob, in Zach Tom's game besides the versatility? The Packers obviously love the versatility because that's what they've, they value the most with their offensive linemen. Can you play multiple positions? I don't think they've even brought in a guy, whether he's been signed off the streets like a Billy Turner. Or drafted a young man like Elton Jenkins, where they haven't been able to play multiple positions, swing tackle, guard. But what do you like about Zach Tom's game, besides the versatility, Rob Reager?
2: Well, I think, first of all, his athletic ability. So he scored very high in the RAS scale, a relative athletic score. He was top-notch in, in pretty much every area there. And if all Packer fans, if you close your eyes... You'll see Lucas Patrick because they're almost carbon copies of one another. I know that you meant Elton Jenkins. I'm, I'm not putting him in that category yet because Elton Jenkins is obviously a top offensive lineman in the league. But if you look at the skill set that he brings to the table, Lucas Patrick, uh, when he was coming out of Duke, is very similar. Um, he's a little undersized. I'll give him that. He's not going to overpower people but he's going to be one of those guys that's always going to be in the right place at the right time. He's never going to make a bad read. He's played started games at center and he started games at left tackle. Which is kind of funny because I projected him as a guard <laughs> and he hasn't played any guard. Mm-hmm. But I just look at the way that, you know, his height, his weight, his athleticism, the way that I feel that the Packers use their guards that that's where he's probably best suited. But I could see him easily filling in and being kind of that sixth offensive lineman where if somebody goes down, he can step right in no matter where it is, whether it's tackle or guard or even center. And he's a great kind of safety net to have on the offensive line. And I I was very happy. And and the funny thing about him, and I'll turn it over to you, Eli, to get your thoughts, is that I believe that when uh, every single person did the PFF a mock draft. Every person that I saw was drafting Zach Tom in like the fourth and the fifth round and being very happy about it. So, um, you know, he, he comes from a, a pro style offense. I, I have really no negatives to say about him other than the fact that he's not going to overwhelm people with this mm-hmm. blocking, but he will be a guy that is very consistent, very solid. He's a type of guy that the Packers have kind of gravitated to over the years and I think it's a wonderful addition to our offensive line.
1: Definitely. The man, the man with two first names, uh, Zach Tom, um, as Rob had mentioned, was the fourth round pick, 140th selection, was a five year player for the Demon Deacons, redshirt in his freshman year, and also, you know, started at center his sophomore year, named honorable mention there, moved him to left tackle, played nine games there. Like he he can play all over the offensive line. So we got the versatility, we got the athleticism. He he I think he fits really, really well within the Packers scheme. Like 6'4, 300. I think that's gonna translate well. Eli, what 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 are you in love with? I know you're I feel like you're most most enthusiastic between the three of us, like both of these guys, you're very, very high on. What do you love about Zach Tom's game?
3: Yeah, um, I know it's kind of been mentioned, but <clears throat> for for sure for me, it's just again, the versatility is so <clears throat> excuse me, is so important. Uh in this and really in the NFL in general across the offensive line. But the Packers, as you both said, they love that. They want to have people that they can plug and play. If anything happens, we know offensive linemen go down all the time. And they're going to have someone that they're confident in. If they have to throw him in at center, he could do it. You got to go in at left tackle and protect Aaron Rodgers' blind side. He can do it. And just watching some of his film for someone who's 6'4", 300, you know, he, he, he can move pretty fast and he could go and pull around the edge. And if you're, if you want him to come around and go get in front of a screen pass and make some blocks downfield, like he can definitely do that. He has the speed and the agility to do it. And also I think he, he clearly has a very high football IQ, it's almost like he's anticipating where the defense is going to go before they go, go there. And he's already there ready to make the block. I mean, so many times I've seen, a, a, whether, you know, a running back going around the edge, And he's going and he's getting to that second level quickly, which again, that, that agility, that quickness is great. But then he's hitting those linebackers or safeties or defensive backs. He's, he's already positioned himself before they've even made their cut towards the runner. He's already in the perfect position to block them, create a lane for the runner. And it's just, it really is just the perfect fit. Like for me, I mean, I think if they would have, at 92nd overall, if I would have saw Zach Tom, I would have been like, all right, you know, that's a solid pick. I, I, I wouldn't have really batted an eye. And to get him at 140 with, you know, you go, you're getting, you got Sean Ryan, and you got Romeo Dubs, another deep threat for Rodgers, and then you still get Zach Tom at 140 is just, for me, the value is phenomenal. He could, he could potentially go out there and compete for a job day one at one of the guard positions. And even if he doesn't, like Rob said, I think he would be that Lucas Patrick type of six man. Anyone goes down at any spot, slot him in. And I don't think Packer fans are going to have to hold their breath all too much. Will he be, you know, a pro bowl, all pro player one day, who knows, but, but I I don't think he's going to be the guy that you need to be worried about as a liability. If he comes in, if someone else goes down, like he's just a very, very solid player, great football IQ. And he's just, he really is just the, the perfect guy you'd want to add to an offensive line room where you get versatility, quickness, high IQ, overall just really excites me. So the fact that we got him at 140 is a, is a steal for me. 100%.
1: And I don't want to get too negative on the young man. I I want to be make this positive as possible. Obviously, there's probably some negatives in his game. But realistically, he's coming into a great locker room with good offensive linemen around him. Adam Senovich is a dog like he'll he'll coach him up too and it's like I think at the end of the day he's whatever weaknesses he has Eli, you brought it up really really well he gets to the second level well his his footwork is is fantastic and I think that's sometimes the biggest thing for these big linemen to be able to move around right they've gained so much weight going to college and from 18 year old to you know 22 23 year old young men that their body type hasn't really adjusted to the game, and I think this is going to translate super, super well. Is it the sexiest pick in the world, gentlemen? A, an offensive lineman from Wake Forest? No, by no means, um, but it will absolutely get the things done, and value is the underlying denominator for uh, Zach Tom coming out he's, of he's Wake Forest. A, you know, The thing is,
2: Matt, he, he's a Go technician. Ahead. Technician yeah. is the word yes. that I
1: use. Uh, he just is
2: – you never see him off balance. You never see him – any issues that he ever has where – he could probably have a, a power rusher take advantage of him and kind of overpower him, but when you look at just straight up, you know, having the right technique, being in the right place at the right time, what really got me excited is if you can believe this, his ten yard split was one point six three, and for the audience at home, that's there's receivers out there, and that to ten yard split means that how fast he gets off the line on his forty yard one point six three is in the 9.98 percentile, 99.8 percentile of offensive linemen. That, to me, is fantastic. That means that he gets off the ball. He can get to, like Eli said, the next level. And, you know, where he lacks a little bit in weight and anger, mm-hmm. I think he makes up for with that foot quickness and having that ability to kind of fill in. And, and let's let's face facts. Our center, Josh Myers, missed games last year, several of them. And we needed a backup center. It's not the easiest position to play. So the fact that he started two years at center is a huge addition. You know, Because a lot of guys can play guard. A lot of guys can play tackle. But actually snapping the ball is a unique skill. And he has it. He can step right into that backup center role. And then kind of take on that role. And the other thing I just want to bring up real quick is that Mm -hmm. Eli had mentioned him fighting for a starting job. See, I'm of the belief that Sean Ryan and Royce Newman are gonna kind of be fighting it out along with uh, John Runyon for those two guard positions with kind of Zach Tom in the background. But if anybody falters or if anybody trips up a little bit, he'd have that ability to step right in and be an instant guy that you don't really notice a drop off with.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Super yeah. well said, and I think Andy brought that up really, really well on the the video podcast um, earlier in the week, just talking about how Josh Myers, yes, banged up last year, but also had injury issues at Ohio State. Like, let's not right. forget that. And I'm glad he archived that information because I definitely omitted that from my brain. But Zach Tom potentially filling in there, so I think we can all agree we like the Zach Tom pick. I think it's a, a spectrum of you know in love with the pick to it's good. I think we're all within that line there. Um, so we're gonna transition here to Kinsley Inikbare. Now he is the fifth round pick, 179th overall. I will be flat out right away. I was not impressed with the pick right off the bat because it was the only true edge rusher they had. I just I wasn't, I and mean, maybe that's a super knock against him right off the bat. And the very unjustly that they only draft one edge rusher, a true edge rusher, and I'm just gonna hate on the pick because it's not you know a top 100 selection. It's not in their top four or five picks. They didn't trade up to get him, so. I, I guess that's that's my caveat. I want you guys to, I guess, I know you guys are in love with this gentleman. Um, I'm not sure who loves him most. You gonna Either of you can fight for the man crush award, but convince me, uh, Eli, why I should be in love with this young man um, and what he can do to this Packers defense.
3: Yeah, uh, for me, like, him being our only edge rusher, I mean, yes, I, I was definitely looking for an edge rusher potentially earlier uh, in the draft, but... Getting him where they got, like, like I don't think I would have taken him because I did see in mock drafts where he was going as high as the second round, if not maybe in the third round. And I don't know if I would have, uh, you know, been super thrilled to see him at, let's say, 92. But at 179 in the fifth round, after trading back and gaining another seventh-round pick, I mean, the value, in my opinion, was just too, was too good to pass up uh, look there are there are some parts of his game that that are great and that he has to work on I think there're just some parts of his game he doesn't have like the best bendiness for an edge rusher some of his you know just kind of like agility athleticism maybe isn't the greatest not not the but I just think his his power and as I think everyone has seen on Twitter but it's just true how violently he uses his hands and his arms and he can just get off blocks and rip guys away from him if they're not I mean, if you're trying to block him and you're not fully committed to, to taking him out of a play, he will take you out of the play before you ever have a chance. And I do like, again, like we mentioned earlier with Zach Tom, but the versatility. We saw him line up at the edge. We saw him line up over a guard. We saw, we've seen him line up over a center and have success in all three of those spots, obviously very much like Darius Smith did. Am I comparing him to Darius Smith? Am I saying he's going to be Darius Smith? Absolutely not. But he brings the, that same skill set And this where with the right coaching and development, I think he could be molded into a similar type player. And again, I don't know if he from day one is the number three in that rotation. And all of a sudden the Packers are good at edge rusher. Like I would still be very excited and would want to see them bring in uh, a veteran like Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram or just someone, you know, similar to the Whitney Merciless signing that would make me feel more comfortable. But to get Inigbare at 179th overall, where, I mean, I don't know if I, in any top 100 board that I saw on any site, from any analyst, anywhere, did I see him not in the top 100. And to get him at 179, you know, nearly at 200, and to trade back in the process, gaining another pick and still getting him. I mean, I just think it it was just a great move by Goody. And again, he's not someone who, from day one, may blow people's, you know minds. But I do think that as he continues to develop, he can become just a very key part of the Packers defense, even if it's in a rotational role, rotation matters. And I don't know if you've mentioned on this show, I know I for sure have mentioned it before in open book, but the, the one example that, and I'm not comparing the Packers linebacker group to this group in any way, but just about that's how important I think it is. If you look back, I believe it was 2017, was the year the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And their linebacker group, the ability that they were able to just rotate guys and keep them fresh, play after play, series after series, and, and never really having to just go, all right, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, go out there and play 60 snaps every game. And come middle of the third quarter, fourth quarter, you guys are gassed. You know, having a rotation where you could keep guys fresh, bring guys in on third down in pass-rushing exclusive scenarios where they could just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback, I do think Inagbari is going to help the Packers do that by keeping Gary and Smith help, uh, fresher throughout the game. But, again, he does have work to do in his game. But I I, I just, for me, it's, it's it's the value. Again, it's the value that's the biggest thing for me. It's, it's getting him at 179. I never, ever thought he would last to that, to that spot, and that excites me that they're able to get him there. And again, the versatility, because I know the Packers like to mix it up. I know Joe Joe Barry likes to mix it up on defense. And I think Enagbari is going to give him all the opportunities to get as wild as he wants and as wild as his his imagination can get for that front seven. So pivoting to Rob Rieger here, and I want to
1: particularly mention that Eli just threw out the archive, the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles team. Rob Rieger has been known to throw in TJ Hushman, Zada, some guys that have maybe (laughs) even right or, you know, uh, Eli and I looked up to now, Rob, the the pressure's on because Eli put an absolutely fantastic debate of why he should, that he's his guy. Um, Zadarius Smith, you know, archetype, those types of things. And, and I think Eli, I I can totally agree with you, Eli, that the, the value of trading up for him was fantastic. You see the weakness. They don't have another veteran guy. That'd be awesome for them to get. Could he could Kinsley get into the rotation right off the bat? Absolutely. But I still think there is that gap there for a veteran dude. All that aside, Rob, what is your take on Inabari? Like where, where do you think he fits in? And what's what's his skill set? What is what's he gonna bring? See,
2: I I'm definitely not as big of a fan of Eli um of this pick. And that's not to say that I, I thought that Goody did a great job of drafting. So I'm not one of these naysayers that is like, you know, anti the picks because I, I loved our entire draft for the most part. My issue with him is that I always view anything beyond, say, maybe the like starting with the fifth round and beyond is that I want to see either one or two things. I either want to see a guy with a specific uh, plan with the team that they can work them into a specific role um, an example would be like uh, Slayton from last year. You know, he's a big guy that we can mm-hmm. put in uh, on running downs, and he can plug the middle, or somebody that I feel can be very effective on special teams. That's kind of that's kind of where my brain functions. That's not to say that people can't develop into starters and, and move forward. My issue with Inigbare is I viewed him, even though he didn't necessarily play that way at South Carolina, I viewed him as a four-three defensive end a guy to put his hand in the dirt and to just strictly rush the passer. Um, I didn't view him as, as versatile as maybe some of the other um, outside linebackers, whereas in our scheme, I feel like we want guys that are going to go flying around the corner and get to the quarterback, and I never saw that on film from Manigbari. I saw him as a guy who is very strong. And like Eli said, he has really strong hands, but he's not winning initially. He's not getting off the ball. He's not flying around the corner. He's not wreaking havoc in the backfield. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that even on his sacks and his best plays, it's like he engages with the tackle. He spends some time with the tackle. Then maybe he'll get off of the tackle and and then make his sacks or his tackles for losses. So even on his best plays. I mean, I was watching full games of him. And, and one thing that I like to do is I like to actually watch the full game, but I like to watch it against a really good team. So I watched mm-hmm. the whole Georgia tape and he had a sack in that game, but when you really actually look at the sack, it was a play where the tackle had begun to be become engaged with him and bear with me on this one. Notice that there was a blitzer coming from the outside left inigbare to go get the blitzer, leaving Enigbare with nobody guarding him and he, uh, nobody blocking him, and he ended up with the sack. So it wasn't anything that he necessarily did in the Georgia game. Most of the other, the rest of that game, you did, didn't even notice that he was there and that he was even making any kind of an impact on it. So that, to me, was sort of a red flag. I think he does have talent. And what's kind of funny is that I heard Eli comparing him to Zarius Smith and actually coming out of college, Zadarius Smith coming out of Kentucky profiles athletically about the same. And so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. My issue is that I didn't see the quickness. I didn't see the quick first step. And his athletic scores kind of reflect that as well. Like, like for example, he has a lower or a higher, a slower 10-yard uh, split than Zach Tom. And Zach Tom is an offensive lineman. And he's, an, and he's an edge rusher. So I'm not seeing that explosiveness when I watch the games. I'm not seeing the explosiveness when he's athletic testing. He had a very slow 40 time. That was even worse at his pro day. So he actually got worse. Most, most of the time, people, when they run slow at the combine, will really train hard and try to lose weight and get faster. But he had a worse 40 at his pro day. So I'm just I'm not seeing the athleticism and I don't see the special teams allure to him. But trust me, guys, I've been wrong before on this. Like this, <laughs> like 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 I'm I'm throwing on an opinion here, and, and I've been wrong before. And if he's anywhere close to what Zedarius Smith has brought to the table in the NFL, then he has a great bright future ahead of him. Strong hands. He does not back down to anything anybody he stands up to the best blockers in the country sec It just i don't know like i i know i'm being a naysayer here but i don't see that explosiveness that i'd like to see out of an edge rusher and i'm hoping that maybe he'll improve on that
1: so let me reset the the ground floor here obviously eli is way more in love with um Inganbari than I uh, expected I also expected Rob to actually like him a lot more than he did which is totally fine we're all entitled to our opinions but one thing I think we can absolutely agree on is that he's a project like that is absolutely what you're getting with this young man is he is he an absolute just like freak of nature upper body power you know long arms just a long lengthy guy he's very very forceful but some of that like just doesn't it doesn't you can't just be an absolute brute and expect to be able to finesse a super super skilled all pro, you know, offensive tackle and get around him. Like you have to have a little bit more than that, the quickness, being able to, you know, have some spin moves, uh, you know, lower body twitch, like a bend, like you know, Jonathan Garvin. He was drafted by the Packers obviously because he was super young at the time, but he can bend. He was really really good at getting around the edge um coming out of Miami. And I don't know if that's uh, you know necessarily in the skill set here for the young man, but I think ultimately it's a home run shot. Like, who gives a shit? It's the fifth round, one hundred four. Like, what are you gonna go? What are you gonna go draft? Like, truly, like, what are you gonna go and select at that point? Another receiver? I mean, a, a tight end, possibly in a in a really really low end tight end class, like. I you know I would be way more in love, and I, I hate to come back to this because it's not fair to him, but like I would be way more in love if this is their second edge rusher that they selected. That would make me more happy that it's like, okay, we've got a project guy, but ultimately, like, he's gonna take a little while to get to get used to it. I don't see him, you know, it would be great if he got in the rotation, and it might just be accidentally because of the lack of depth, but lo and behold, like they're gonna have to work with him and 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 get him up to speed. And you know, without Zarius Smith there, like I feel like he was a really good teacher with Rayshawn Gary. Um, on and off the field. I think there was a lot of things that had happened, and you would watch games where he would be coaching them up, and they don't have a guy like that. And I don't know if Preston Smith's that dude. I, I don't think Rashawn Gary's gotten to that point. Maybe Connie Carkle step in a little bit, maybe Devondre Campbell, you know, another defensive captain. But ultimately, they got some value. I mean, that's I think we can all agree on that. They got value again. He's an absolute freak. Hopefully they can fine tune him, maybe get his body right a little bit better, work on the effort, work on some of the things that, you know, you'd want to be more explosive as an edge rusher. But I think he's going to be able to contribute in some capacity. And I think we'll also, it's not going to, we're not going to be strung along. You know, it's, I think we're going to find out pretty soon what we have in this young man. He might explode a, a Few plays are here, have some mental lapses, whether it be scheme or physical ability, but I think we'll find out very early on because they're gonna give him opportunities. They're gonna not, you know, Preston and Ray aren't gonna be taking a ton of preseason snaps, I would imagine. They're gonna let this young man, they're gonna figure out what they got in Ingabari right off the rip. And I think that's fine. Eli, do you are you are you completely pissed off with Rob's take, my take, <laughs> trying, to, trying to trying to find a common denominator here? Or are you yeah. just so sold on this young man with his value that uh you can't wait to be done with this this threesome?
3: no, I I definitely not, uh, definitely not pissed off. And look, I I mean, I get it. There were, I, you know, I didn't just watch, you know, the the highlight reels of him and I did watch, you know, where, yeah, at times it does seem like he can disappear. And there's definitely, like you said, it's a project. He's not, you know, there's a reason why even though I never thought he would last till the fifth round, 179th overall, I guess there's, excuse me. I guess there's a reason he, sorry, I guess there's a reason that he did, but, that being said, I do still believe that he possesses just the natural talent that, like you said, in the fifth round, any anyone you're taking at that point, is it's a home run shot. And for taking a home run shot, I think he's a pretty great home run shot. And it wouldn't even surprise me if, if you know what, if they see that he might not have that quick twitch ability to go and be consistent on the edge, where if they tell him, you know what, pack on a few more pounds and start lining up over the guard, and we saw him do it in college where he does have the quick and strong enough hands where I do think he can he can get around guards and centers and he can end up making, you know, whereas as a rotational, no, he's not going to go in there and be taking snaps from Kenny Clark and Devonte Wyatt, but he could go in there on third downs with Gary and Preston Smith on the edge. And then you have him over a guard with Kenny Clark opposite him. That could be a scary front four if they can develop him the right way. So Obviously, you know what. If Mike Smith was still there, maybe we would we would know a bit more, feel a bit better, because we saw what he did with Rashawn Gary. And we don't, you know, Rob uh, Rebrovich, We don't know as much about him, and we're gonna have to see how he is in his first season. But that being said, again, for me, look, if they took Enigbare at 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 ninety two, I would be very confused. Even if they took him at one forty, if Zach Tom was still on the board. Or 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 Romeo Dobbs at 132 was still on the board. I would be very confused, but at 179, and remember the fact that they traded backwards and added a pick and still got him. I think that gets baked into it, and it lo- and then like you said, it's a home run shot. But I think in in the world of home run shots, it's one of my it's it's, it's a home run shot I really like. Yeah. It's very, very no, Calcari. I mean, I, and I kind of, you know, I,
2: I know that kind of got down on the guy, but you're right. Eli made a good point that he is a fifth round draft pick. He's uh, an end of fifth round draft pick, so there's not a whole lot of expectation out of a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And he was certainly productive in the SEC.
1: And I think, truthfully, uh, the one caveat, Eli, I'm glad you you mentioned that. Um, ACC, exactly. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, No, you're good. Eli, one thing I'm glad you mentioned, I did have this in my notes on him, is like like he has a potential to play the five tech. And that is something that is I think is super important. so ultimately, I guess, just kind of reinforces that he is a project. They're going to have to work with him. Whether we got a body type, we got a guy that's an absolute stud of an athlete. How the hell are we going to get him on the field? And what can we turn him into? And I hope – um with the lack of Mike Smith they're able to do that in the Joe Barry defense um hopefully they can find a spot for him but I think it's safe to say that these guys are going to contribute right away um Zach Tom obviously probably gonna have to fight for his spot a little bit more with that offensive line room being so um versatile as we've already mentioned and just there's more guys there right now the edge very very limited Kinsley Igambari should have a pretty easy time getting snaps on what he does with that we will wait and see but this has been an absolute pleasure, you guys. Honestly, I've done this draft uh, recap and whatnot lead up to it for a number of years. I think we mentioned this last time. We were kind of all boosting each other's egos and just saying how great everyone is, but it's truly been a blast. Eli, you know, we've been going back and forth a while. Rob, first time I've ever yeah. met you. I think we've maybe tweeted back and forth once in a while. Yeah. Um, but your your expertise, Rob, has been an absolute pleasure. And I come yeah. Appreciate you having on. I hope maybe you slip into my DMs every once in a while um, <laughs> with some players I should watch so I can sound super freaking smart. Yeah. And if you don't, I, d- I won't hold it against you because I'll look forward um, 11 months from now I'll be able to do the same thing. But I will toss the floor to you, Rob. Let everyone know what you're up to. Obviously, this offseason, you're probably waiting, um, you know, maybe to find some tickets to come to a game, some prospects like KJ Jefferson out of Arkansas, like you said, you're interested in. But what does the next couple months look like for Rob Rieger? Since, I mean, you really have to scrape and claw to get some people to want to, you know, know about the draft in 2023.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, uh, I kind of take a break for this time. You know, I like to, you know, I've been given plenty of opportunities to do a lot of, uh, you know, additional broadcast work and stuff, but I've kind of shied away from it. I kind of want to be like a like a hired gun or like a, you know, like a draft specialist kind of thing. I like to watch the season as a fan and and not have to like evaluate it and 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 do those kind of things. So um, I'm going to be kind of laying low for the next, you know, whatever four to six months and. You know then just kind of throwing up my ideas every once in a while but yeah i think you know i love this platform i think it's fantastic i love doing it and great and the whole you know I, this is my second year working with eli and it's been fantastic and you know i i appreciate it i've told you many times you know off here eli but you know you're a guy that i feel is going places in this world for sure in this industry and uh you know you're a young kid but your knowledge is uh is spectacular and you just had the sky's the limit as far as that matt this is the first year i ever met you and uh you know i think that you you're great as well fantastic as far as like you know just keeping things together and keeping things going and uh uh, you have a bright future as well but you know it's been a
1: pleasure guys i appreciate that a ton that truthfully that's awesome um eli any, any kind words to Rob I already you know I already mentioned that he's a fantastic father and really really gritty when it comes to the draft but what, what do you got for him and what are you working on obviously I know you got open books still cooking along it's been that you guys are running super strong with that with Zach uh Janelle and I think Janelle will be back with us is that is that correct I mean we're gonna yeah. is that I, I almost we, forgot I almost forgot the the absolute treat that Janelle yeah. Mackey is when we're on the podcast yeah uh,
3: I would expect that Jen we will be, will be back um and yeah open books still going strong. If you missed last night's episode, we had Christian Watson's brother Trey on the show. Great guy, gave us some really good insight into, you know, his brother Christian and the whole draft day process. And it was just some really interesting stuff. But uh, yeah, Rob, obviously, you know, our second year working together, it's been awesome. And I, I appreciate so much, you know, all the, all the kind words and uh, definitely, you know, look look up to you you know when it comes especially you know at the draft like you're just you're so on it with everything and I mean even just you know looking already ahead to next year's draft I mean to be honest as much as I love the draft I, I don't think I, I can mentally even get myself in that in that headspace and it's just honestly so impressive everything you know a year in and year out you're just right on the money with so much of your analysis and it's really it's really awesome to see, and and I know Packers Nation appreciates it. Draft Nation appreciates it. So I'm looking forward, you know, hopefully this becomes a yearly tradition and this will be year two of many years to come. So I appreciate that a lot. Obviously, Matt, uh, love doing the show with you. It's going to be fun when Jen gets back as well, and we're going to keep this going. But uh, in terms of uh, me, I mean, with the draft kind of dying down and as we head into the dead zone, I think everyone can pretty much – they know what to expect out of me. Uh, A lot of Aaron Rodgers content uh, that's never going to stop, but uh, you know, I'll be continuing to, you know, throw up some film from the guys we've drafted. I've been a little bit behind, Uh, you know, life's just gotten a little crazier than maybe in previous uh, drafts that I've been a part of, but I hope to get more uh, out there. I actually just watched Tariq Carpenter a lot more in depth over the last couple of days and, He's someone in a way, you know. I, I wish we could have had a chance to speak about a little bit because I really like him, and I think he could end up being a, a sixth round or maybe even a seventh round steal. I think it was yeah, seventh round. Um, really excites me, honestly, Tariq Carpenter. But we won't get into all that now. But yeah, you can uh, find, you know, I'm going to probably be posting a clip in a couple minutes of Tariq Carpenter up on my Twitter page at Book of Eli underscore NFL where I have uh, clips on just about all of our picks. And if they're not up there yet, they'll be there in the next couple of days. And again, all my work, all my writing, all my videos, just check me out on Twitter at lie underscore NFL. And that's where you'll find it.
1: You know, as, as, as the host that I've been trying, Rob said, you know, graciously that I tried to, keep the things moving and everything and it's like as the host i try to control this and you know i did say you guys are competing over the bromance over kinsley eganbari it wasn't for you guys to have a bromance over each other and i totally respect <laughs> it and that's totally fine no worries and I I, I I appreciate the mutual respect between all three of us has been an absolute blast um you can still find me on twitter as well at matt underscore fray underscore that's at M A T T underscore f-r-a underscore as you i said i imagine janelle myself and Eli will be back. Things can change, schedules change, and it's been a fun ride on Packaday Podcast. We're not going anywhere, but the beauty of Packaday Podcast is just like Rob was able to come on with us. It's fluid. We have people that come on all the time. Life changes. People have kids. People get married. People travel. People have work obligations. Granted, because we're not making a living doing Packaday Podcast, we actually truly enjoy, love to do it, and we make the time out of our schedule. So. Whoever we're paired with, it doesn't really matter. I could be paired with basically uh, a brick wall, and I would tell them how fantastic the draft was this year and uh, excited for the left guard spot, maybe right guard where the receiver's going to branch out. It doesn't really matter. But all that Packers content you can still find, of course, on Packaday Podcast. That'd be at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. Of course, if you have yet to subscribe on Google Play or, excuse me, Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you have yet to subscribe, like, and review. You're losing. Um, you're very disappointing. We've already we're almost up to 1,400 episodes. If you haven't done it at this point, you might as well just never do it because you would have done it already. Um, but make sure you're supporting us, and it's going to be a hell of an offseason. I'm I'm extremely pumped to find out the schedule next week because I can actually update the background on my phone. I still have the 2021 schedule on there, and it's like, well, why am I going to update it for like you know two months at a time? Just keep it up there, reminisce, be able to reference it back. So I'm pumped. I guess to update my. Um, screen on my background which again no one gives a shit about just like my tickets (laughs) so uh ultimately guys it's been a pleasure it's been a blast it's crazy that it's here and gone but it's another transition and we get to put these pieces together and look what to see what the 90-man roster looks like we try to will it down to 53 but for Rob Rieger Eli Berkovitz I am at Freilich you guys be well have a great Mother's Day tomorrow possibly even watch or listen to the Packaday podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts with Or you guys take care and as always Go go Thank you.